Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Brewers Outlet Day, everybody. Great to have you with us on the show. Has the King decided what games we're doing here? What are we doing? I believe we're going to start our Super Bowl trivia for this week. Super Bowl trivia. Why don't we, I'm going to make this suggestion. Why don't we have a little fun next week on the show on the Friday? And now this may be hard to keep track of, but let's play pick like 10 prop bets and have fun with them. I'm down for that. I like that idea, actually. Took me years. I finally got one. Actually, you know what? I think we may have done that last year. Now that I think about it. But either way, let's do it. Let's have fun with it. Yeah. That'll yeah. that'll cap off what'll be a big Super Bowl week here on the show next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, you're working on some big guests. They go with it. Uh, the great, legendary, uh, before I get to that, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury. The beverage supermarket imports domestics microbrews Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The beverage supermarket. Stock up now. In fact, stock up for the weekend. We may get a little bit of snow coming up this weekend. Huh? Matt's excited. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you get enthusiastic about anything? Yeah. The only part I'm happy, um, I'll be, it'll be nice to do is take Luke out for more slate writing. Yeah, you are excited about Luke. I get like 20 pictures a week. Um, all right. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio of Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, and Hummel's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. The legendary John Cheney, head coach for decades at Temple, passed away today. John Cheney was a character, but John Cheney cared. Cared, cared, cared. And he's one of those guys that will never get the recognition for the fact that he did not make a Final Four. He got to the Elite Eight. Came so close. Didn't get to a Final Four, but man... What a coach. 
As you know, I'm not big on labels. Although when I say the suit, I feel like I'm... But that, that's, that's, actually, that's, that's actually accuracy. All right. Um, but different story. Now, I'll tell you one of the reasons I don't like labels. And this is something where John and I talked about this. And we talked about it privately, but we also talked about it on the show. Not on this show, but other shows I've done. It was meant to be an initiative that actually put more pressure on the high schools to deliver. But what it did was it ended up labeling the student, and that's Prop 48. And... John was adamant about he completely understood the the pressure we put on high schools to do a better job with these athletes, but also the fact that the the label of Prop 48 made people get the impression that, well, that kid's not smart. He's a Prop 48 and sit out of here. Your thoughts, Dick and Milton. Hello, Dick. Great to have you with us. Hello, Dick. Hello, Steve. Hey, I just wanted—I didn't realize John Cheney passed away, but I wanted to tell you I'm old enough to remember seeing John Chick Cheney play basketball as, with the Sunbury Mercury's for the Sunbury Mercury's in the old EW in Eastern Basketball Association League. It was it was great basketball, no defense, and he could really play. He played in the old EBL. He played against the Hartford Capitals in the EBL which he got a kick out of the fact that I knew that. And the interesting thing about John Cheney is that he was at Cheney State for a long time. He won a national championship there. In fact, he was there the same time Vivian Stringer was at Cheney State. How about that coaching tandem? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And his first year at Temple was my first full year doing Penn State basketball. So we always, the two of us always felt like we had that linkage. Well, anyhow, we actually, we used to go down to Sunbury down to 4th Street and watch all the games, a lot of games on a Saturday night there. It was really unbelievable basketball in that sense yeah. for young guys to watch because, as I say, they didn't play much defense. They did, there was lots of offense, lots of scoring, and some really uh, some good ball players over there. Bill Spivey played in that league when he got banned oh. from the NBA from at Kentucky yeah. for whatever. And there were some yeah. good basketball players there. Julius and Jimmy McCoy. I mean, I could go on and on with these guys. Uh, Thurman, Roman Thurman. It was good basketball. Dick, one more time. I think you may have mentioned it in the first sentence. Where did they play? What gym? I think at the old, the old Fourth Street, the old one, the old okay. high school, the old one. Ah. It was it was kind of a bandbox gym. It really was. But you, and those guys, you know, you know how they used to make gyms. They didn't have like like uh, Rec Hall or anything, or like or like Bryce Jordan. It was just small right. bandbox high school gymnasiums. And the, and the teams were really good. The Winsport Billies and, and the uh, Allentown Jets, 
and uh-huh. uh, Wilkes-Barre Barons, Harrisburg had a team. There were some really uh-huh. good players, though, and they were just weekend basketball players. That's what they were. They had full-time jobs, most of them, and played basketball on weekends. I mean, Paul Harrison, I mean, there was a lot of good basketball players and a lot of names involved with that league. Oh. And a lot, and some of this, not all, but some of this was pre-ABA. Yes, and there weren't that many, And there weren't many NBA teams. So the talent you were seeing was fabulous talent that just you know, couldn't make a shrunk-down NBA league. I mean, they just came out on a weekend and shot basketballs. That's what they did. There was, as I say, no defense. A lot of scores in the 140s and 50s, <laughs> 130s, you know. That's what they did. Like pickup games. <laughs> it was just it was different, but it was actually fun to watch. I <laughs> yeah, bet it was. You. Oh, I bet it was. It and as I say, John Cheney was one of those mm-hmm. uh, one of those guys you'll always remember. Anyhow, that was my comment. I did not realize he had passed away. I was yeah, just driving today. and heard you say that. It it, ha- it did could happen. We found out about maybe seven or eight minutes before the show. Really, so, that's a just shame. Happened. Yep. yep. I mean, he came out of an air down there when, we, when, when I we used to watch uh, basketball back then, when the Big Five, the Temples, LaSalle, St. Joe's, yeah. and, and, and that, you know, that was uh, big-time basketball uh, on, oh. in college basketball back then. I mean, some yeah, really, really top-notch basketball players, you know. Absolutely. And you know what? I give the Palestra credit. When's the last time you were at the Palestra, Dick? You know? I cannot tell you that. It's been long. Okay. I haven't been there. I haven't been. I try to avoid every, every city. Uh, well, you know, I, I, just, I just just can't deal with them anymore. Uh, I'll, no. I'll give you. I'll give you an example. They've done a great job of the corridor of redoing, and they've made the corridor outside the gym into a hall of fame for each of the five schools. And it's really great what they've done with it. They even have a media area. And guess whose picture's in the media area? Dick Girardi. Dick Girardi, yeah. Philadelphia Daily News. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to tell you a real quick story about December Mercury. So we went to see a basketball game, and Bill Spivey was playing, and Walt Bird was playing for some... He actually... uh, Gusty Finke played graduated from Temple. Walt Bird, six five kid, and he ended up. I don't know what happened. Spivey made him mad. Uh, Bird jumped up and hit Spivey in the nose. I mean, really whacked him. <laughs> so we actually went out to eat afterwards uh, back then, and we ran into Walt Bird in the in the, uh, in the Iron Skillet over there in Shemokin Dam, and said about the uh, altercation he had. He goes, "Yes, he was rather belligerent." He said <laughs> about, Spivey, about Bill Spivey. I'll never forget. I still remember that day, all these years later. Yeah, he said Bill. Spivey he was rather belligerent. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he might have been one of the first seven-foot basketball players around back in those yeah. days. I think he was 7'2 or 7'1. I forget what it was. Pretty wow. tall guy, though. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And I, was like, I, I think he got banned from uh, basketball and NBA for uh, actually cheating back in those. Something I forget what he did do. It wasn't It wasn't good, though. So, <laughs> so he got to play. He got to play in Sunbury. <laughs> oh, sure. I got to play in East. Yeah, got to play for the. Uh, yeah, got to play for in the in Eastern League because of that. Yeah, but a yeah. good. You know, I mean, I can't tell you there were a lot of seven foot basketball players back then. No, not them. But well, anyhow, football, that's my story today with Eastern League. That's uh, real memories it. when you mentioned John Cheney. <laughs> I love it. All right, thanks. I love it. That's great. John, I, I really, personally, I really like John. Really liked him. 
Oh, he could be a character. Oh, he could be a curmudgeon. He could be all that. Still liked him a lot. And above all, respected him. Always had his practices at 5 a.m. His practices were always before class, 5 a.m. Suit would have washed out in four days. Suit's a night guy. Yes. Yeah. That's why when we when when he was the biffer, he was overnights. There you go. The biffer. He says with pride. <laughs> Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sunbury Motors Ford is bringing in 2021 with a bang. SMZ has just received shipments of the all-new 2021 Ford F-150. Save up to nine grand on the totally redesigned F-150, which was just awarded North America's Truck of the Year for 2021. Sunbury Motors has 67 F-150s in stock and arriving soon. SMC is introducing the highly anticipated 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. The new Bronco's retro design reflects its iconic heritage from the 60s and 70s. Sunbury Motors has them in stock starting at just $28,200. Pick from 61 of the top selling Ford Escapes with savings up to $8,250 and slash to as low as $22,380. SMC is where you want to be in January for discounts up to $11,000 on the largest selection of new Fords in the Susquehanna Valley. And everyone is clearly marked for this massive sale. Sunbury Motors Ford in the 4th Street Auto Plaza. Proudly serving all of central Pennsylvania for over a century. Hurry, sale ends Monday the 1st. Great to have you with us on the show today. Well, after days of keeping Matt's blood pressure down, Nick Sirianni had to have a press conference today. And, uh, yeah. Well, it uh, it was a whole lot of, to its credit, to his credit, it really was a whole lot of nothing. It really was. It was a whole. I lot only got a chance to watch the first like almost twenty minutes of it, and yes, that is something I can definitely confirm. Started by fifteen minutes of just having the owner hear himself talk, which is totally exhilarating. Uh, you, you, I, mean, I get concerned about the hate. <laughs> yes, I worry about it. But from some of the stuff that I that I've seen from it that I haven't watched yet. Not surprising that he's not capable about the quarterbacks, but looks like he's going to. Tr- the first priority is going to be to try to fix Wentz, which is what it should be. The only thing that I don't like, but, th- but this is just me. I get it's worked before, so it doesn't mean that it can't work again. Is he? But he's, that he said he's going to call the plays. I'm not one for that. That he's going to call the plays. That's correct. I think I think I the think. both coordinators should call plays. I think the head coach should just worry about in-game management so you're not doing two things at once. But you know what? Doug P. did both. He won a Super Bowl, so what do I know? But that's just me. I have, I have no problem with coach calling plays. None. Zero. 
mean, you can man you can manage the game while still calling plays. No, you really can. If that's your strong suit, if you think that you're the best shot to win the game calling plays because that's your strong suit, then do it. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Zero. We have two quarterbacks in Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts that are top-notch quarterbacks. A lot of teams don't have any. So just really excited to work with both of them. Yeah, okay. He's talked with Wentz. He also has talked to Hertz. Same conversation with Hertz. I'm really excited to work with him. We studied him last year. He had a great college tape. He played meaningful snaps this year that he played well in. Every position is going to be evaluated. Every position is going to be open. And we can't wait to start watching the tape and seeing what our players can do. Well, I think they ought to just put you on speed dial because you'll be able to tell them exactly what they can do and what they can't do. Exactly. But the one line that made me vomit the most was one of his opening comments when he says, Howie Roseman, I look forward to working side-by-side with you. Oh, boy. Okay, so you're sitting at a press conference with Roger in the suit. You don't say that? I mean, of course. I, I get it. Oh, I, I it's get okay he, for you to say it. Oh, yeah. No, I, I get it from his perspective. Of course he's going to say it. But for me, on the, on the outside looking in, knowing what's happened with this team, yeah, it makes me makes me want to vomit a little bit considering what's transpired the last month or so. You have a beautiful child. Why do you want to vomit over a football team? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, do you hear me getting upset about my team's? No, which I gave you credit for. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get upset about my teams. (laughs) Yeah. You come close sometimes with the Red Sox. Oh, no, I'm very honest about them. I'll just say, look, you know, their their bullpen's not good. I wanted them to sign Anavino last year, if you recall. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Now they got them, and we'll... Because, look, I only want him for an inning. But, no, I don't um, I don't get that upset about them. Not in the least. Like, ah, okay, didn't win. It, it, when you're actually doing games with teams, Penn State football, Penn State basketball, State College Spikes, you really, really start just getting concerned with what you're broadcasting. That really has changed me a lot over the years when it comes to pro teams. I'm like, yeah. Because you just get locked in on what you're doing. All right. Ben Jones, next half hour. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. It's going to snow Sunday. Stock up tonight. Great selection of beer. Import domestic microbrews. They have wine coolers, water, soft drinks, lots and lots of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. The pickle bar, lemon, the barrels, and the dills. Indeed, second to none. 
Six great flavors of slushies as well, all at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Will Levis in the transfer portal. Lance Dixon in the transfer portal. You know, Will's looking around, and you know, Mike Yersich is the new offensive coordinator. And Will has his degree. He graduated, got his degree in December, 3.99 in finance. Great guy, brilliant. I thought got better as time went. Big arm, great release. Some areas where he needs to be a little bit better moving forward. Without, without question, tough. But I can assure you here, just on my personal evaluation, just my personal evaluation, that you know, that just you watch practice, you watch games. Now, games, all of you watch, um, but you watch practice, watch games, and Penn State's been playing the right guy at quarterback. There's nothing, and it's nothing against Will when I say that because Will brings some great characteristics of the table. You know, hopefully he'll find some some spot where he can be the guy. You're Lance Dixon. Lance Dixon is a really good athlete, but he's got some strides to make him being a, a really good football player. Excellent athlete, but has to make some strides to being a really good football player. Uh, he played a lot more this past season. And it, I mean, let's start with this. He's got to be in better position, has to take better angles, needs to be a better tackler. Um, He's got the athletic part. He's got that. Well, hopefully they'll each have great success wherever they end up. All right. Uh, Penn State basketball tomorrow, Wisconsin. Penn State is 35 in the net. 35. They moved up four spots. Uh, but you have to start winning some of these 50-50 games. No getting around it. With that, we bring in Ben Jones, statecollege.com. Hello, Ben. How are you? Yep, thanks for having me, Steve. <laughs> well, they get themselves into these 50-50 games. And, you know, I mean, they're 36 on the net right now. They moved up three spots. But what did it mean to play a third straight game with essentially a seven-man rotation? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. I think if you're Penn State, it, it is a all-hands-on-deck situation every game. Um, you know, I, I mean, I suppose to be fair, that's probably true for most teams in the Big Ten, given how good the Big Ten is this year. But, yeah, I, I think for them to have to play a game without Sam Sessions with, you know, Miles Dredd being quote-unquote healthy but probably not 100% doesn't help. That It's just difficult. You do that for games on end, it's going to wear you down. So for them to come back from being down 12 points to make that a game to take a lead to have a real good chance to win it, um, you know, you certainly can't fault the effort, that's for sure. What are you seeing from John Hare in the past five games? Um, I think you're seeing a guy who, you know, he reminds me a little bit of a different position, but he reminds me a little bit of how Ross Travis went into the back half of his senior year, this kind of very, uh, you know, not a light bulb moment, but somewhere where you go, I am running out of basketball to play. 
and and certainly you know John could play more basketball given everything that that's going on eligibility wise but you know I think his effort on the glass his effort in the offensive end he shot free throws really well which has been a an issue for him traditionally um yeah I, I mean I think you can say whatever you want about Penn State's interior woes um but at the end of the day you know it's not going to be because John Hare hasn't tried hard enough he's he's giving it his all and and frankly he's been pretty efficient in the process we saw early what Seth Lundy did. Then there's been a middle part. Since the return, what have you seen from Seth Lundy uh, compared to what you'd seen maybe in the previous five games before that? Yeah, I mean, I think he's just shooting the ball with great confidence. I think he is playing in the role that they need him to play in. You know, 7-16 to 16 last night is not fantastic, but it's really pretty good. Um, four of eight from three, they'll take that every night. Eight of ten from the line, they'll take that. Get some rebounds. Um, only three fouls. Um, he is a guy that's an important piece to this cog, and I think the more efficient that he can get, and I could probably give him a little bit more credit for that shooting than I did. Yeah. Um, you know, for as efficient as he can be for on both ends of the floor, that's big for Penn State because you know they they really are not in a position to have tons of empty possessions. So if he can go out shoot the ball well shoot it confidently um you know he is a versatile scorer and they they're, they're going to need him if they're going to try and pick up some wins down the stretch here what kind of job do you think jim ferry's doing with all this i mean i think it's a lot like uh you know it, it's not like football in the sense of how things have started and how they're sort of unwinding but i think when you look at the various things they have to deal with off the court in terms of covid in terms of the coaching change in terms of you know, bumps and bruises along the way in terms of just having the break in play, just everything that's going on, um, you know, the quality of the Big Ten. You know, I think any game you can drill down and say, well, I don't know about this decision or that decision, but you always have the benefit of hindsight when it's all over. Um, you know, ultimately, I don't think that you could ask for a guy to do a much better job than he has done. Certainly there's some games that have slipped through their fingers that they would have liked to have back last night in particular, but I think given everything that's going on, you're looking for a guy that's just going to sort of give you a guide to how you're going to attack tomorrow, um, and I think Jim Ferry has done a good job so far of keeping Penn State focused on the moment, um, focused on what's next, and not looking too far behind them. The next 50-50 game is Saturday with Wisconsin, and uh, last night they, right out of the gate, you know, they just Maryland beat them up at Cole. Uh, they made sure early. I think what did what they have four points at the under twelve Maryland did. It's they're they're now seventeen and one the last two seasons where they hold their opponents to sixty or less. And the one loss, by the way, was out without Micah Potter in the lineup. Just on pure opportunity. I mean, how many of these fifty fifty games do you think Penn State needs to win here in the next couple of weeks, where suddenly they go from being on Joe Lenardi's first four out to suddenly being in? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly the nice thing about playing in the Big Ten, if you're Penn State, is you're going to have a lot of these opportunities. And it says a lot about how, uh, you know, Penn State has played this year and what their record is that you can look at a game against a team like Wisconsin um, and say, well, that's a 50-50 because I, I do think, you know, they have an opportunity here to, to pick up a victory. Certainly will they do it? I guess we'll find out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, where they are in the net is – a great position in that regard that you've just got to win some games and yes uh, you, know, you know that is at the end of the day you've got to pick up some wins so can they do it absolutely can they do enough of it 
Um, you know, time will tell. But, you know, the nice thing about playing in the Big Ten is it's a, every night's a resume builder. All right. So then the next part. So, you know, what do they need to do then to then get over and find those extra few points here and there? Yeah, well, one of the things I think they did well last night was the amount of points that they got of turnovers. They, they got over, yes. I think it was like 23-ish to 25-ish points yeah. off of the turnovers. 23 to 4. Yeah, so, you know, you get you get those points off of turnovers. The two games that they had won previously, they had won on the glass. I don't know that that's necessarily going to be an equation that's going to hold for them. I mean, obviously, if you win the rebounding battle, you're going to win a lot of basketball games, but it might not be the first thing that they look to do. They shoot well. Um, and you don't beat yourself. I think it's it's pretty simple. You know, I, I think when you look at what they didn't do last night, really didn't make any shots down the stretch the last seven, six minutes of that yeah. game. You look at the two games before that, they had done a really good job of making those shots. You know, it's one thing to give up uh, some of your lead. It's another thing to be able to answer to a team charging at you. So I think, you know, they have the shot making. We know they can make shots. It's not a team that lacks competency on offense it just has to show up in those big moments and I think um, you do all of those little things you know it basically boils down to play good basketball but I think you know you make shots you rebound and you play defense you're going to win they're going to have that opportunity and they have the ability to do that Ben they continue to attack in other words when even when you know they've got the lead sometimes teams will have the lead and they'll go into that shell and let's run Oh, I don't know. Uh, Twenty-two seconds off the clock, and then we'll do, we'll get into an offense. Uh, they don't seem to do that. I mean, uh, it's, they're showing me that what Jim wants to do is that they want to keep attacking no matter what the score is. What, what's your thought process on that? Yeah, I mean, I think to a certain extent that's what they have to do because they know that for as good as they can be defensively, yeah. that they have some issues. And I think the answer to that is certainly. You know, you can say, well, just take time off the clock and there's less time to score, and there's, there's probably something to be said for that. But I think in the long run, this team knows that it's got to score points, and it's got to score a lot of them. And if it's ahead, um, no one's ever been disappointed to be ahead by more points when the possession was over. So I think, um, you know, it's always situational. But I, I think at the end of the day, if you're going to be aggressive at the start, you may as well be aggressive at the finish. And, and frankly, they're probably, you know, wins with with or, or losses over the years where teams could have afforded to be a little more aggressive in the end so i think you know i give them credit for sticking to that identity because i think ultimately you know maybe it's a little bit of a gamble but i think it's also probably their best equation than just trying to shore up defensively um and, and grind out these sort of four or five point wins all right, so then the, there's the next part, Myron Jones. Um, he went through that streak. He had four straight 20-plus games, and he had a couple really good games against Northwestern and Rutgers last week. When you watched him last night, uh, he had to play more point than uh, he had before. Uh, and how much do you think that affected how he played the game last night? Because, I mean, let's face it, he, he'd be the third point guard in this team. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting role for him because I think he, at his best, is the sort of guy that lurks off the ball and finds a little space on the perimeter um, and is there for that pass for the kind of catch-and-shoot sort of off-guard um, situation that, you know, back in the day that, that, you know, the Tim Frazier's and DJ Newbills kind of worked out together where one of them was going to be somewhere else to help out the other guy. Right. Um, I think, you know, MJ's got the – the dribbling ability to be that point guard guy, but I do think it's different when he is on the ball versus off of it. Um, but, you know, the one thing that I give him a lot of credit for is 
he's sort of gone to the Taylor battle school of if he shoots it, I just assume it's going in. Yeah. Um, every shot looks good. I thought his, his tying shot looked pretty good. I mean, those floaters from the kind of middle of nowhere area are always a little tough to judge. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he has an interesting opportunity um, to go down as one of the better scorers that Penn State's had as of late, just in terms of his ability to just go from doing nothing to becoming white hot. So Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting thing to watch unfold, but I do think he's better off the ball than on it. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Ohio State? You know, you finally got a real good look at at them last night. What did you think of them? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we knew that they were scrappy. We knew that they had a lot of shooters. Obviously, I think any game where you have a lot of foul trouble kind of gets you out of your flow a little bit and is not your best foot forward. Um, but, you know, Ohio State is Ohio State. You, say, you can say that pretty much about – um, you know any sport, and, and I think you know they're an opportunity. They have an opportunity to to make a run in whatever sort of form and fashion the tournament ends up taking when we get there. Um, but certainly, you know, I think it's interesting because you look at their ranking, you look at the, some of the teams they've beat. Penn State comes in and gives them a run. Um, you know, so certainly they're they're beatable. Um, but I, I do think that at the end of the day, you're going to see this kind of basketball from Ohio State year in and year out. Everybody in this conference is beatable because. The competition's that good. I mean, I mean, every con- every team in this conference is beatable, uh, and because the competition is like that. Now, if we're in the West Coast Conference, you're looking around saying, "Is Gonzaga beatable? Probably not." But this is this little different league. Hey, Ben, as always, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Yep, thanks for having me, Steve. Ben Jones, StateCollege.com. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Alright, so so far we've had the Eagles owner called stupid. Um, talks too much, says nothing. Yeah, let's go with the talks too much. I'm just using your words here. I'm just quoting. <laughs> He's stupid. He's stupid. That's not bad. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Uh, John Chaney, 89, passed away today. Legendary coach at Temple. Um, so that's the primary story for the moment. Uh, now, is uh, any sports on tap for us tonight here? Anything good? No, nothing tonight. Then we've got uh, Penn State tomorrow. Wisconsin. That's right. 3 o'clock. Wisconsin playing better. They're on a run. Then they have been a little more up and down of late. Their defense has been fabulous. Their offense has been the part that's been a little more up and down. 
along the way. Um, and that's the story with that. Now, Penn State Wrestling's this weekend. They got Northwestern, Indiana. That's a go. Uh, it's finally go time for Penn State Wrestling. Finally. But it is a go for this weekend. Uh, men's volleyball tonight, Ohio State, home. Last night, Penn State men's ice hockey won in overtime. Alex Limoges with the winner in overtime to beat Notre Dame. They're now 9-2 and two in their last 12. They'll play Notre Dame again tonight at Pagula. And Lady Line basketball team won last night at Illinois. So they picked up wins at Minnesota and at Illinois. They've done well on the road. And the men's basketball team, which has won two of its last three, will take on Wisconsin tomorrow at 3 or on beginning at 2.30. So that is the story on all that coming up. And uh, Parth from the CDT is going to join us in the next half hour. We'll talk about Penn State football. Will Levis uh, putting his name into the transfer portal. Lance Dixon putting his name into the transfer portal. And you know, you move forward and go from there. You know, the question is, we'll see whether each one follows through and finds a new destination, or you know, we'll, we'll find out. And if uh, if Will does, then you know Mike Yurcich is going to meet with the media on Tuesday. We'll find out if the desire is to go for a transfer portal quarterback. It may not necessarily be now. Sometimes. Items like that happen after a spring practice is over with. Somebody goes into a spring practice, they think they got a shot, suddenly they find out they're not going to be the guy, so they put their name into the portal, and that's why you see somebody change up during the course of post-spring practice. That's the way it is. So I always talk about where are the key times for transfers. Key times for transfers are... At the end of the season, at the end of spring practice, and then the one I'm always watching for is does somebody put their name into the portal and consider going after the fourth game of the season? Now that's changed a little bit because now you can play up to four games of the season. But, you know, somebody may play three games and then suddenly not play again till the end of the year. But those are usually the three times I look at on transfers, and again, one of them is post-spring practice. You're looking around saying, uh, it didn't go as well as I hoped it would go. Maybe I need to find a new spot. That is why you do not have to be, oh my goodness, you've got to get one now. No, you. It also, I think, is very important that it has to be somebody along the way that you have recruited before, that you have a past relationship with, that they you know the family, you have a better read on them personality-wise as to whether they think, fit with your locker room or not. Uh, I don't think you can just take somebody on a blind pick. I really don't. So Matt's not happy about the Eagles. He wasn't happy about the press conference. He's not happy about Jeffrey Lurie, and he's not happy that there might be a snowstorm Sunday into Monday. (laughs) That about sums it up, yeah. But I'm still optimistic about the coach. As long as you win games, you can sound terrible all you want as far as a speaker goes. 
you're not going to be you're not going to have a read on him until mid-September and at that point you'll have two losses and you're gonna you're just gonna hate the hire we'll see I guess oh I can already tell working with you I know <laughs>